welcome, Revelers. This is Off the Rails, Right versus Left, the, pod- the podcast that we do because we think the left is evil. I'm Rob B. And I'm Brad Lee. And I'm Brian G. <laughs> and we are Off the Rails, Right versus Left. Again, we're doing this show because we think everybody needs to know that the left is evil. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Right versus Left. I'm Rob B. With me, as always, is Brad Lee off the rails. And our local leftist sympathizer, Brian G. Leftist sympathizer. Woo-woo. So we're we're off the rails, right versus left. We're doing this podcast because we think the left is evil and everybody needs to know it. So today, what we're going to be talking about is our government because nobody seems to understand what our government actually is because everybody keeps talking about democracy. Which is democracy. Which, yeah, which there are parts of our government that function as a democracy, but we are a representative constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. As which a matter of fact, go ahead. The democracy levels would be more local governments, not the federal. Yeah. Well, and yeah, even, uh, yeah, like everything at the federal level is like specifically set up to be representative. Yep. Well, aren't we a constitutional republic with a, a democratic process? No. Well, we're, we're um, in a representative process in federal, the federal. Yeah, because on the on the federal level, because there's actually nothing really. Okay, so the House of Representatives, um, that is elected by democracy. The Senate is elected by democracy, but the two bodies function differently in order to keep mob rule from being a problem. Um, so like, and, and the, the reason that they set it up that way to begin with is because there was the concern, uh, that the concerns of the cities were going to over, uh, supersede, uh, the concerns and interests of the rural area. Well, South Carolina and, and the other states were worried that New York and some of the bigger cities would rule over everything. Right. Um. So that's why they didn't do everything on a popular vote. Um, like even the presidency is decided by the electoral college with the intention that presidential candidates will have to go to every state and every area and try and get those votes in order to get the conglomeration of votes they need to be elected in the electoral college. Mm-hmm. Um, just think of it now. If if it was democracy and not electoral votes, the president would be able to skip everything that we call flyover country. So everything in the interior U.S., he could completely ignore, wouldn't care what they wanted, what they needed. You just hit New York, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, uh, Seattle, so the major big cities, and, and skip everything else. Right. 
So, um, and back and back then, the idea was like the more rural states would get ignored, or the less populous states. Like even back then, uh, Vermont and Maine were not particularly populous states. So, a constitutional so, the system of laws to protect citizens and contain government. Tyranny of democracy is not an idle statement. Fifty-one point one percent may force its will on forty-nine point nine percent in a democracy. Right, which is exactly why our government set up the way it is. Um, so like the difference, the, the difference between a constitutional republic and a democracy, is a democracy is run by people, and republic is run by the laws of constitution. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're we're regulated by laws instead of by mob rules. By right, and we use the democratic process to get those want. laws. Yeah, I mean, if it was a democracy, if fifty-one percent said, "You know what? I'm going to kill off the other forty-nine percent," well, that that'd be the law of the land because fifty-one percent ruled it. Well, in the constitutional republic, we now have laws that say fifty-one percent cannot do that. So when the supreme right, and the, and when the supreme court says that, uh, go ahead. Bob. No, go ahead, Brad. So when the Supreme Court says that there is no right to abortion on the federal level and it should be adjudicated by the states, the states would then have the people vote on whether or not there's restrictions, right? And that would be democracy working. Am I am I missing something? That's right, right. That would be that's democracy working. Yeah, I guess I didn't. I, I didn't get the whole construction of your of your uh, statement there. So, like the Supreme Court, right, of the judicial branch of the federal government says the federal government should not be a part of whether or not a woman has the right to kill its babies, and then it pushes it back down to the states, and the, the states decide oh. what laws they want. And the way they find those laws is by putting in legislation and having the people vote on it, right? Like well, like they well, just right. did in Montana. Well, what I would say is that the Supreme Court didn't say the woman doesn't have the right. She said the federal government doesn't have the right to tell a woman that right. she that's, cannot have an abortion. That's what I was, that's what I was getting at. But yeah, they, not, they it, said that it was up to the states. Yeah, they said it's up to the states. They didn't say the woman doesn't have the right. And, and Just clarifying. And just right, and so the, the states have the right to do it individually, not the federal government. Right, and when the people vote on the laws of their state, is that not a democratic process? Well, that's well, the same local governments are the de is the democratic local governments, not the federal. Right, exactly. Like this, the states and the local governments, when they hold elections, like they just held in Montana for the right to kill a baby and like they did in Kansas the people voting on those laws that's democracy working right so democracy is not dead just because the supreme court said we're the federal government and we shouldn't have anything to do with this yeah, which is what the pro-choice people are saying in the first place is the federal government shouldn't be involved in their choice or their body right yeah they just pushed it back to the state Yes. Right, which is democracy working in a constitutional republic. Well, and, well, and specifically the reason that it applies for uh, 
for uh, this case is the whole purpose of our constitution is to limit the power of the federal government. Right. Otherwise, it would not be one United States. There would be 50 individual nations. Yeah. And so that was the intention was to form. I mean, if you look at every other colony, like because all of the colonies were independent col colonies, they decided mm -hmm. to band together and form one nation. But in doing that, they wanted to maintain their autonomy that they had as independent colonies to decide how they live their lives. Right. So the reason we have the two different uh, houses of Congress is to balance out. So on one hand, you have the population-based House of Representatives, which does operate. It's still representative, but it is more representative by population. So a bigger state is going to have more votes. And when you but say the, when you say bigger state, you mean a bigger population a of a bigger population state. state. Yeah. Right. So now on the flip side, the Senate is two representing each state. And the reason for that being is that then gives equal um, Senate. Um, each state an equal say, no matter what their population is. So in the Senate, uh, Wyoming, with the smallest population, has the exact same power as California, which has the highest population. And that was intentional because then it, I mean, the idea was to gridlock Congress so they can't do a bunch of stuff and like push things through. They have to get a broad consensus that's in the best interest, not only of the population, but also the broad consensus of the states in general. Okay. Which is why the Electoral College is important and not the popular vote when it comes to uh, federal elections. Well, yeah, if you get rid of the if you get rid of the Electoral College and go back to a popular vote, then it's mob rules. We don't have a constitutional republic anymore. The mob decides on who the president is. The mob decides on everything. Right. So. Um, and then if you look at most of the state houses and the state senates, they're put together the same way. Like each county has two representatives and then there's house representatives determined by populations. So even at the state level, it's a representative government. So the only true democracy that actually happens in the United States is on like local ballot measures and local elections. And that's it. And that's why, because presumably the people in the small area are going to have like interests. Right. So does that make sense? Yeah. So no, as I, a constitutional republic, yeah, as a constitutional republic, and that and that was the whole, whole problem with um, with Roe v. Wade. They usurped the uh, power of the states. When our constitution very clearly like dictated uh, government, and just in case they left something out, they made it clear that if it's not in the constitution, then the power belongs to the states. So, and then like if the state doesn't take action, then the power and it's not in the state's constitution, then the power would revert to the counties and the cities, and the lower you get the more actually democratic the process is. And that was the idea. 
is as much as possible, they wanted the decisions and the power to reside at the local level. So is that does that follow through? Mm -hmm. But on a grander scale, when you have such a large area, which you have to remember back then, like the United States was a huge country. Yeah. So like if you wanted to have um sorry about the creaky door there. Um, Only a couple of countries in the world that are larger. Yeah. So like even now there's one. Well, Russia, uh Canada's larger. No, it's not. Uh, we have we actually have okay according to every website on the internet. So um yeah, so that's the, the I mean, so that was that was kind of the purpose is to balance everything out. And like the citizenry hates uh constitutional or or like uh congressional gridlock, but the whole entire constitution was built, formed, and based upon that gridlock it was designed to be ridiculously difficult for anything to happen because they were only supposed to be in office for two months so they had a limited amount of time to build a consensus and get anything done there weren't supposed to be full-time members of congress there weren't supposed to be full-time governments you mean that wasn't supposed to be their job no that's weird they were supposed to be citizen servants serving the citizenry Yep, so, the United States is the third largest country landmass wise. So you're Shot. saying there's no reason for us to be paying them to be in government? No, absolutely not. Okay. I think our country would be a lot better off if they had stayed limited to two months of work every year. I agree. It was it was never so, intended for people to be able to have their careers all in politics it was meant to be uh, somebody builds their life and then comes up and and does something to improve their country once they yeah exactly and they and they might go like local level then state level the national level but that would generally be after they've already accomplished something in life yep so the problem is now we've got a bunch of career politicians that all they accomplished in life was their liberal arts degree in political sciences or they completed a law degree and immediately went into um, uh, politics. politics. Yeah. So is that why the Democrats are always doing stuff that isn't constitutional or based on the constitution? Are they just stupid and reading the constitution incorrectly or as far as what like i as far as like okay uh let's see hold on a second there's um so so the democrats are all about diversity in 2020 the Democrat Party had three white presidential candidates over 70 years of age competing mm -hmm. to be their 2020 presidential nominee. Obviously, right. Kamala Harris was in there, but she was like the first one out, right? Yeah, because she, she couldn't even get 1% support in her own state. So let's say former Vice President and Senator Joe Biden 
No, this is what he said. No ordinary American cares about constitutional rights. That, that was a statement he made. President Obama has not seen fit to support his former vice president in 2020. This article I'm reading must have been before the presidential election. <clears throat> Senator Bernie Sanders says Social Security has nothing to do with the deficit, July 12th, 2019. Uh, Senator Bernie Sanders affirms his support for abolishing the Electoral College during his presidential town hall. Whilst his last honeymoon was taken in Russia by choice. Uh, oh, oh, he's a commie bastard, 100%. Eliz Elizabeth, oh, of course. Well, he's a, a Democrat socialist with like AOC. No, he's a Democrat communist. <clears throat> Senator Warren, having an abortion is no different than having one's uh, tonsils removed. Uh, I plan to be the last American president to be elected by the Electoral College. I took a DNA test for her to find out she was white. <laughs> Dude, what? <laughs> Who's this, Elizabeth Warren? Yeah. So that that's what I mean. Like they don't, they don't clearly don't they don't support the Constitution. But nowhere in the Constitution does it guarantee a right to death, but it does guarantee a right to life. Absolutely. It, in fact, it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness life being the first word right right so i mean i don't understand how they can swear an oath to uphold a constitution that they don't believe in or let alone understand well and then over there because half, they're, half the country votes for them and they're always screaming about democracy clearly they don't understand that we don't live in a democracy we live in a constitutional republic but then they want to pick and choose their words like Biden says, uh, uh, there's a threat to our republic. Oh, and then there's a threat to democracy. He's always flip flopping on that almost as much as uh, Fauci does. Well, and I, I want to point out an important part there is constitutional. Oh, by the by, by the way, has anybody noticed uh, whether or not our video still up? I can check right now. I, I saw that it got posted. Uh, while we're while we're at it, everyone, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share, help us out with the algorithms. Yes, hit that, I keep ex hit that notification bell so you'll be alerted every time that we uh, put out new content. It's, it's yeah, still and welcome up. to all the new viewers. We're getting a ton of new viewers every week. No views yet, but it's up. It's it's only been up for an hour, so. Okay. They probably screened that thing like 10 times. <laughs> Trying to find an excuse to pull it. <laughs> no, but like I said, I just want to point out that a very important part of the Republic is Constitution because Rome was a Republic, but it was not a constitutional Republic. Right. And that's so why... They're ruled by our laws that are laid out in the Constitution. But also each state has its own Constitution as well. Yeah. Because we're forming, we form the states just like we did the federal government to right. limit power so they can't, the state can't rule whatever they want over all the other. So one big city. So like uh, in in New York, New York City couldn't rule over everybody else in New York. Right. Which is why those states have a certain amount of House seats yeah. and a certain amount of Senate seats. Yeah. Yeah. But New York City rules by mob. 
which is every city rules by mob. It's a democracy by city, but not by state or by federal government. Right. So, I mean, you can see what happened when we didn't, when the, there's not the constitution. So how did Rome fall? Rome stopped being a republic when Caesar came in with his army and took it over and became Caesar. Right. Became the emperor. So a general cannot just walk into the into uh, Washington D.C. and declare himself emperor because it's against the constitution. Right. I mean, he can try, but the constitution will block him. For that reason. Yeah, and that's why we have a constitution to declare what what the laws are and what we can and can't do. How long has America been America? Since 1776, right? Well, yeah. When we, we became a country, yes. Right. Well, and they call it an idea. At least I've heard uh, former Vice President Joe Biden stating such, that America is just an idea. Yeah. And that uh, the the Constitution is is a living document, right? Then it can it can be changed, and the rights aren't. Uh... Well, that's the big thing about progressives and about conservatives. Is progressives believe the Constitution is a living document that changes as history changes, as time changes. It's to be interpreted on what would the founders have meant by today's standards, and that's you can't do that. No, it should be interpreted as written. There's a reason why bare arms was put into the second amendment, right? So, because that they knew <laughs> that the weapons would be changing. I mean, look, well, it, like, wasn't, it wasn't bare muskets. Right, right. <laughs> you know, or, or and it wasn't like you could go cut off some bear's arms and you can always have a, you can always have bear arms. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm down with that bear arms i wish i could get my arms and get to the bear <laughs> they said arms because they knew that technology improved because when they first started they had right uh <laughs> muzzle loaders and they didn't they didn't really they have cannons. cannons so they knew that the weapons were going to advance yeah they had cannons and that's where like we said in a past podcast during the revolution that's mm. that's where the 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 uh that's where our military that was fighting the 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 uh, you know that's where we pulled most of our cannons were from civilian uh, ownership, right? And the people the cannon they brought them with them when they got into the into the militia, militia, right? And the privateers having their boats and stuff wanted to make sure that they could have cannons, and of course the president was like, "Yeah, you can have cannons. Why wouldn't you be able to have cannons?" <laughs> Rob, Rob laughs there. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> well, I, I, I was like, I, the, the reason for my smile was like the actual creation of privateers, right? So, like, it was, it was for um, soft proxy war was the intent of it. Like the Brit, the British started using privateers. Yeah. to attack enemy vessels so they wouldn't be actively declaring war. Yeah. But then they were paying the pirates to go raid the ships. Yeah. So, and then of course, we like many many things that uh came from the British, we used that too. Mm -hmm. During the revolutionary war on up. So, yeah. well, um, even just like private businesses with their ships, you know, that were performing trade 
they wanted to be able to protect their ships. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it used to be ships protected themselves. We didn't have this massive, expansive navy that would protect them at sea. Right. So now the governments of the world, for the most part, work together on securing commercial traffic. Mm -hmm. So, hey, uh, unless you're what out do you there. Think of, uh, what do you think of private ships defending themselves, putting on weapons and stuff? Because I know there's been laws, especially going by Somalia, where there's Somalian pirates and stuff. And there was a lot of laws on the sea that they couldn't defend themselves with weapons. Oh, I think every ship should have some form of defense. That's just that's just me. I I mean, fuck maritime law. I thought it was well, I guess back in the day it was fucking you're on your own, but now I you're right. There is international laws. International maritime laws. No, I think if uh if you know governments aren't gonna protect the ships, then they should be allowed to have uh armed personnel on that ship to to mm -hmm. repel any boarding party that tries to enter, especially going through any of those dangerous territories. Absolutely. Captain Phillips, that story should have never happened. Yeah, thank God for the Navy SEALs on that one. I've, I've listened to them tell the story of how all that went down. See, and how many people had to die before the Navy SEALs got there? and th They could have been prevented, right? If they would have, allowed, would have been allowed to carry uh, weapons for self-defense, yeah. Right, yeah. And they should, because even back in the day, you know, when uh, the pirates and stuff were going on or the Caribbean, you know, I, I know that's fucking, I'm being facetious, but like <laughs> they had cannons and swords, right? And uh, their little powder, powder pistols and all that good stuff, right? I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, that's just what they show Plus, in the movies. Cannons, so. swords, spears, bows and arrows, whatever. Right. Yeah. So, um, but back to back to the actual uh, like governmental structure. Um, so, like, not yeah, nothing in the federal government. Like, even the even the ratification of constitutional amendments is not a democratic process because it has to be approved by two thirds of the Senate, two thirds of the House, and then two thirds of the states' legislatures also have to approve it. Okay, that's that's not that's not a fifty one percent vote. So yes, the constitution can be changed, but again, it has to take a massive effort to get everybody on the same page. Right, which would be what a convention of states. No, actually, the uh, Senate can propose a constitutional amendment. If two thirds of the Senate and two thirds of the House vote on it, then all of the states' uh, legislatures vote on it also. And if two thirds of the house and senate in those states two-thirds of the state ratify it then it becomes a constitutional amendment that was the problem for all the amendments that exist and yeah it's kind of funny if you look at prohibition and how quick the sentiment flipped because like one minute they're all um one minute they're all against uh, alcohol and two thirds of the states voted against it. And then what, 10 years later, two thirds of the state voted to make it legal again. So how was, so let's go over how the House and the Senate was in the originally, how were the members uh, uh, vote, uh, put into office? Because it wasn't always the population voted for both, both of them. 
I know the Senate was chosen. The House was always a direct vote by the population. Yes, the House was, but the Senate was not. The Senate was selected by the state legislatures, weren't they? Yeah. Let's find out. Yep, they changed that. When Find out when they changed that. I, I, that's, no, that's my Senate. question, because it wasn't, it was not a direct vote from the people like it is now. The, the people did not have a direct say by vote on their senators. So I just typed in House and Senate formation. We'll see what happens. Okay, whitehouse.gov. We'll see. We'll see how true this gets us. Yeah, make sure you put in that .gov, not .com. Well, it was a Google search. So prior to its passage, senators were chosen by state legislature. The Constitution, as it was adopted in 1788, made the Senate an assembly where the states would have equal representation. Each Senate legislature would elect two senators for six-year terms. And that was, I think that was, uh, let's see, that was the 17th Amendment, direct election of U.S. Senators. So in 1913, that changed with the 17th Amendment. But before 19, but before 1913, it was, it was chosen by the state legislatures, not by the people. So it was our representatives that we voted in office would go in and select two senators to send to uh, the U.S. Senate to represent the state. Which made it even harder to get that consensus to pass laws. So do you think that was a good thing or a bad thing to change it to uh, direct uh, voting? Uh, I would like it. I would have liked that? it if they left it alone. If they left it alone? Yeah. So kept it in the hands of the I, state senate. What state. everything our government has done for the last 150 years has proven that they were the framers were wiser than any politician we're ever going to have again. Right. <laughs> like I mean, no, that's I, it. Like, I think it should have stayed as, as it was when the when the when the founders founded the Constitution. It should have stayed, kept it in the hands of the state legislature. I agree. One hundred one hundred percent. I agree. So uh, now as far as the, like when you get down to the local level, like city councils are delighted, de decided by popular vote. The mayorships are just by, decided by popular vote. Some places sheriffs are elected, some places they're appointed. Yeah. Same thing with judges. Some are elected, some are appointed. Like federal judges are all appointed by the president. Yeah. And then they're confirmed by the House and Senate. Yeah. Which, man, we have so many judges now. That's a full-time job, just confirming the judges. Which is one of the best things Trump ever did was he really went into appointing federal judges. That's one thing. A lot well, yeah, of we had like a huge have, backlog and yeah, didn't get any cases. Yeah, worked. a lot of the past presidents did not put a priority on electing federal judges. And so there was a huge backlog of uh, open positions, which... Trump went all in. That was the main thing he went in on was getting federal judges put in place. Right. Mm -hmm. If you guys are wondering, 
Yeah. And that's one thing I think that's one reason I always said I thought Trump was uh, was saying a lot of the stuff he was doing was to distract away from what, this other stuff that was going on that he was trying to get in, which was federal judges. Bogey. <laughs> oh, we got a couple. Say that again, Rob. You, you went out. I said we have a couple guests on the podcast today. <laughs> so, anyway um yeah like i said so the state so the state houses and senates are generally elected the same the way ours are um and i think even back in the day i think it would i i think uh some of them were even like appointed by local leaderships to their state houses but i'd have to go back and dig into some more on that but i think because originally i think the all the states uh legislatures were formed exactly the same as the u.s government so um the other thing that i think is um interesting is how quickly uh our congress well they talk about all the powers of congress how quickly they abandon their responsibilities what do you mean by that um and by that i'm like uh, well by that i'm referring to the fact that they'll like write a law creating a bureaucracy and then hand all their power over to the bureaucracy. The, what do you mean? A, Does that make sense? Are you talking, where are you talking about like the EPA and the department of education? OSHA, like, yeah. So, and, and then a lot of times what they end up doing is the president ends up, uh, uh, by executive order, writing laws through the bureaucratic agencies so that's why that's why they, uh, your bandwidth is low uh and my power is low that's probably why my bandwidth is low i just got plugged in before i died <laughs> so um yeah um so the uh oh now i lost my train of thought <laughs> so the president is signing into like the laws right, for the bureaucracy right, right, right. yeah yeah so uh, outside of the executive orders which get kicked back all the time because like the executive authority has to be expressed in the constitution if it's not expressed in the constitution then congress has to give them that authority and then it's the same thing with the bureaucracies. If they create an agency to take care of something, they have to have to specify exactly what they have the power to do. And many of these agencies like completely um, exceed their power. So like so, the, Supreme, yeah, like, the, the Supreme Court just shot down some of the, the EPA's uh, uh, what, what do they call that? They just shut down them being able to dictate, you know, carbon emissions, right? Right. The Supreme Court just saw over, just rejected a case. I don't know what case it was, but we all know that that happened, right? And that, and the reason right. for that is for what you just stated, right? Yeah, because they had the mandate to oversee soil contamination and water pollution. Right. and to set acceptable levels for environmental contaminants, okay, uh, in, including air pollution. Um, but there was no mandate 
in their charter that was written by the legislatures, giving them the authority to regulate carbon emissions. Yeah. And why? Because what are carbon emissions? Um, it's carbon dioxide. Well, here's the funny thing. Every single person emits carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Is, is there, is there, is there anything on this planet that uses carbon dioxide? Hmm, trees. Isn't it amazing? Plants? Wait, what? Trees. Trees? Plants. Like, you, plants. like plants? That. What a yeah. Concept. Is that like part of, uh, shit. I think I remember this from when I was in like sixth grade or fifth grade, like part of, uh, photosynthesis. What? Is that, is that right? That's right. Oh, dude, I knew I was I was paying attention in school for a reason. Just for this moment on a podcast. That's crazy. <laughs> I wonder how many other people are like, oh, wow, that makes sense. <clears throat> Which would explain kind of why the hole in the ozone over Antarctica is smaller now or completely gone. Well, because... So they discovered the hole in the ozone layer, but they don't know how long it's been there or if it's naturally occurring yeah. or if it reoccurs. Now, they, they were able to test that chlorofluorocarbons do indeed bind with, bind with ozone and that uh, yeah. would be contributing to it, but they don't know if it was there to begin with. Right. Well, when did we start making chlorofluorocarbons? And that's a, that's a man-made thing, right? Chlorofluorocarbons? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah it's well i mean so some degree of environmental controls is good right but the legislature has to like if the legislature wants to set the wants the epa to set the levels of an emission of x substance they have to give them that specific authority and then let them set that substance they don't get to decide other stuff as a substance and regulate that Right. And that's, the, you, you that's, get what I mean? Yeah. That's tyrannical or, or dictator. Yeah. And so they were able to, and, and, yeah. And like OSHA can uh, regulate what uh, was given a mandate to regulate what protective equipment uh, is required, but like that's to protect the individual workers, but pushing a vaccine didn't work because they had no mandate for regulating or mandating vaccines because it was nowhere in their charter and nowhere in any law that the Congress has passed since to mandate any sort of health care. Sort of like uh, the whole uh, recommendations for vaccines and what they're trying to do with the schools. Yeah. Those are just well, recommendations but the schools the schools are tougher because we've always had vaccine requirements for schools right but we didn't like, we didn't yeah. we we didn't have to it went through a, it went through a process first right right well but but the 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 mandates for the vaccines are for actual vaccines right not drugs experimental drugs yeah so um yeah and the ma the mandates in schools are for fully FDA approved vaccines that have which gone through that have gone through at least ten years of testing yeah. and yeah. research. 
peer reviewed. This stuff is totally the, awesome. the ones who are dancing around have temporary emergency use authorization. Right. They are not FDA approved vaccines. Which makes no we sense. We got to be careful about that. Does more harm than the virus. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have said that, but. <laughs> well, but they're not. Like, I mean, I, I, hey, I'm triple vax. I've got two shots and a booster. Yep, same with me. Just four I've got bottles. none. So, if I was, if um, I was married and back up in Alaska, I would not have been vaccinated, but. For my wife and, my girl, and for my and family. my girls halfway around the world, I needed to be vaccinated. Yep. So Until now. I, made my, I made my decisions. I pray but, for you guys every day. Word. I think my heart's no. <laughs> no, that's your lungs. I was gonna make a joke that would definitely get us kicked off YouTube. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I smoke too much. That's it. Um Come here. Well, we this dog is like just much. like making me feel so guilty if I look away from him. <laughs> Especially those crappy ass cigarettes you were smoking in the Philippines. Jeez. Oh my God. Oh, those Royals. Man. Holy crap. Cheap, cheap cigarettes. <laughs> you should feel guilty if you don't pay attention to that dog. That dog is your job right now. That dog is cute, right? Well, the you're, <laughs> you're there with that dog for uh, a reason, right? Yep. Yeah, that dog is your job, not this. <laughs> so, well, the dog was getting attention, but then, like, he laid down, and then I couldn't reach him. And then he starts whimpering because I'm not petting him. <laughs> Get up here on my lap. You're not a donkey. You'll be safe. Oh, I mean, caribou. Hey, we'll be nice <laughs> if we can make this the job, though. Reindeer. 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 <laughs> they got it to be caribou. domesticated. Terrible. No, he likes the domesticated ones. They don't put up as much of a fight. <laughs> They're a little more tame. Yeah. They're domesticated. A more practiced. <laughs> Brad, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Anyway. Wow. We really get off there somewhere sometimes. Oh, anyway, so what was this podcast about again? Oh yeah, so structure of government. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so basically, executive orders. Like, I don't even get how they get away with them. Like, I don't think they should be allowed at all. Well, it's because like, granted, I like some of Trump. Well, to be fair, Trump did sign a lot of executive orders, not nearly as many as Biden did on his first I, day, or former Vice President Joe Biden did. I, on his I didn't first say day. that I don't like Biden to him. I don't like presidents doing them. I don't care who the president is. Yeah, we do no. not have a dictator. We do not. Have a, there should be no executive orders. Exactly. No. And I agree with you. Yeah. Now, the only thing that an executive order should apply to is the majority of Trump's executive orders were exactly that. They're executive orders giving orders to the executive branch. But like this executive order about student loan forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not giving an executive order to an executive branch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Please explain to me what executive branch is the student loan branch or the, the student loan agency. The department, you know of what I mean? I don't know. 
but they don't issue Which student loans. Be, yeah, they no, guarantee no. loans. It should be dissolved. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then like, and you know, we were, children. and you know, you were actually, um, we were talking about, uh, like the schools and whether or not they should be uh, government funded. The, I, I, I heard it in another, uh, uh, podcast. What was it? Oh, uh, the comment section. Oh, with Brett Cooper. So, and it was, oh, wow. yeah, Brett Cooper. I like her. She's cool. Um, anyways, but she made the comment that like, as soon as she said it, I'm like, that's right. And that was that schools were never public until like a hundred years ago. Yeah. And yeah. the longer we've had public oh, schools, definitely. the worse our education has gotten. Yeah. Because the government can't build anything. Have you they seen the local. roads in Texas? <laughs> yeah schools yeah. were locals sit towns and cities were responsible for educating their children right the communities yeah, yeah. now i'm fine take handing it back to the state governments and letting the state decide how to educate their 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 children so that charger's fast as heck so i'm going to move over to the other dog now so he doesn't feel left out i'm 100 <laughs> behind vouchers I mean, hand it back to the states, I, let, let and the states should have vouchers where the parents can decide how to educate their children. Absolutely. <laughs> I want I want the government out of it entirely. Yeah. Yeah, because they've turned schools into indoctrination camps. Oh, Brad, are you are you like Brad? Do you think government all government should be out of it, or do you think the state government should still be involved? I think it should be local governments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lo the local government should. Could be it be city or state? I think city and state should work together on it. I agree. I agree. City and That's state. The city, sit. The state should be there to help the cities decide how to how to run their school systems. But what about the rest of the county and the cities? So, hey, well, Brett, can you pull up some sort of chart showing uh, educational performance in the U.S. over the last hundred years? No, oh, geez. You're going to have the biggest drop in history just over the last two years. Oh, yeah. Well, my <laughs> guess is the drop, the drop isn't that isn't that big when you compare it to a graph that I'm pretty sure it looks like this anyway. Well, yeah. Like from the you look from at, 100 years ago when the federal know, government got. Can you say that again? He wants you to look up the. Uh, like, I don't know how you word it, but something about. Go ahead, Rob. So, I mean, I know our literacy rates, well, they used to be up. I don't know where they're at now. Like, I see a lot of people that are supposedly literate, but they can't read or write. Like 136 for world uh, ratings? <laughs> it, it's just sad. It, it, and that's one big thing I think the Republicans screwed up on is not by pushing this, this uh, you know, look what, look what my competition, my... Uh, the person I'm going against did. They closed down the schools and look at where our kids are at now compared to two years ago. One hundred twenty years of American education is statistical portrait. I mean, that's one. Re that's a huge, huge uh, example of why you should have voucher system because. Public schools closed down for two almost two years, even though what the Michigan governor said, oh, I closed it down for two for two weeks or two months or whatever. 
no, two years, <coughs> two years. The schools were closed down for two years, but yet the private schools were still open. They closed for what, maybe two weeks during this whole thing, private Catholic schools, Christian schools, they stayed open. They had almost, they had very few cases of, of the virus and their kids didn't fall behind. I don't like that. Oh, and aren't those private institutions? What? Aren't those private institutions? Yeah, private, Catholic, and, and Christian schools. Private. Yeah. Private. So, there. so here's my thing. If we get rid of public schools and flip them all private, teachers that are busy teaching about um, transgender identity or the 1610 Instead of project? Math, that math teacher would be fired. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. They're there so, to teach math. They're there to teach science. They're there to teach English or Spanish or French or German. <laughs> and, and here's another thing I think funny, that we only allow people that go to school to be teachers to be teachers. Is this a mistake? Because seems to me our educational system was like one of the best in the world when we let people that actually did something teach yeah people that lived their lives just like we were saying uh politicians were never meant to be career politicians they were supposed to be people <laughs> that lived a life did something with their life built something and then come in to make a difference in the in the government well same thing with education i mean you have these you have these college professors teaching business that have never actually run a business. Most of them have never run an actual business. So the kids come out of these classes thinking they know all about business and they get into the real world. Like, whoa, this isn't what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get some business degree or something, Rob? A few. So how did that, how did your business degrees compared to what you actually see in in reality my realization about uh the business degrees is they do a really good job teaching you how to read reports and understand reports yeah but when it comes to actual management of companies it, it's a lot of theory that doesn't work in practice which is why when you see you never see anybody come straight out of business school and become a success in business yeah, they have to build up their experience to learn how to actually manage. <laughs> the irony is, you go to you go to school to get a business degree so you can learn how the government interrupts and interferes with business. <laughs> Amen, brother. And how to structure a business to operate within the bureaucracy. Amen. Hey, Brad, so, so, um, but yeah, no, my my first degree is accounting like principles of accounting standards it was actually pretty useful and for a practical application um in retail management because i had a deeper understanding of where the numbers came from when i had pnl responsibilities um the marketing completely useless to me <laughs> yeah like ne never used it but I got some pretty good history of marketing that was interesting. But beyond that, it was useless for what I did. And then the MBA, well, like, yeah, I think they need a lot more focus on people management. 
So, but by the time I got that, it was just because I was applying for a position that required it. So, like, I got tired of not being able to apply for positions that required an MBA. So I went for it. Yeah. That's it. Like, um, I didn't see a lot of value in the degrees. And at that point, like, I think my 10 years of business experience served me more than a year and a half working on that. Well, it ended up being like two and a half years because that was like right when I went through my divorce. So, um, so there's lots of breaks in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, hands-on training is one of better than in-classroom training. That's why when I was going to school for uh, mechanics to learn how to repair vehicles, we always had lab time. <laughs> we had hands-on treatment or training. I mean, and what we did was because we were at a community college, <laughs> we would take in customer cars, people that would, you know, need their cars fixed to, uh, <laughs> needed their cars fixed. We had more than one car so that we could, you know, take our time with the car and get it fixed correctly. So we would do brake services, oil change, uh, uh, hmm. we would do alignments, but also we would do diagnostics as well. Like we had a police cruiser that came in that was set up for uh sliding, you know, so you could learn how to control the car. Hey Rob. It was pretty sick. Hey Rob, so early years in 1867, Congress passed a law creating the first education department, which focused primarily on collecting education <coughs> statistics in the Department of the Interior. The Department of Education did not exist as a full scale cabinet level agency until 19 79 yeah so look and, at what the pandemic did to, to fourth and fourth and eighth graders in just in math yeah i mean yeah. that's the, only 26 percent of eighth graders knew how well how to do math well in 2022 wow that's terrible yeah, like yeah. fourth graders were better at math than eighth graders. Well, this and this is what the Republicans should have brought draw, brought out in front of them at every single, you know, they should have advertised this big time, <laughs> just the scale here, just in math and waiting until you see what reading is doing in science. I mean, the, the statistics have dropped and most of it's been, from what I understand, minorities. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, the this online education system that they that they tried to push for two years just did not work. Well, I think a lot of that had to do with why so many seats and counties were flipped red in New York. Oh, yeah. Long, I mean, Long Island. There was, there was a red wave in New York. Yeah. Well, Long Island, New York. There was, there was a huge... There was a red tsunami on the on Long Island. Mm. 
I mean, there's a reason that that the most successful students in America today are are uh, are taught at home, homeschooled. Right. Not in public schools. I think it's homeschooled, then private schools, and then public schools are the lowest rated in the nation. Uh, private schools, then charter schools, then probably public schools. If I had to guess, if we if we could find statistics on that, that that I think that's how it would probably rate. Which goes back to our whole thing of anything run by the government does not work. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what the you know what the government's really efficient at? Uh, just finding stuff. Screw their own pocket. Up. That you point. They're good at taking the taxpayers' money and putting it in their own pockets, one way or the other. Their global higher education market is worth thirteen point seven billion. Around two hundred and forty-four million children are out of school. Ninety-four percent of countries adopted remote learning policies. What are they going to do, you know, when people like Elon Musk who say you can't work from fucking home anymore? You know? I think a lot of people are losing their jobs, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But uh, a lot of people were working for Twitter at home and he said you have to spend at least 40 hours uh in the, in the office a week. No. My Which friend's I can, back. I mean, I can understand that. So can I. I, I. He's trying to rebuild the company. He wants the people there so he can see what they're doing and, and have some kind of uh, control. I, I, I would debate what's it show our literacy rate is. <laughs> Uzbekistan and Ukraine are like the top two. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. We're not even on this one that I can see. South Sudan, yeah, it, Chad. Yeah. Is it just me or all the top 10 like uh, former uh, Soviet republics? Oh, except for San Marino, right? Yeah. Yeah, Latvia, Estonia, Czech Republic, Lithuania, Tajikistan, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan. Stands. Yeah, there's a lot of stands in there. <coughs> All the stands are former republics except for Afghanistan. Yeah. Which is not on that list. They're on the other list. Yeah. And that's because they don't allow half their population to Oh yeah, well that's funny. They don't show America at all. Yeah, because we're between the highest and the lowest. We're not the lowest, but we're not the highest. Right. Well, they probably don't want us to see that anyway. It's just... Dude, what is the big deal about preschool? Like nobody went to preschool really when I was a kid. I never did. Mom thought uh, twelve years of poor school was enough. I think I did. Hard to remember that far back. <laughs> Barely. I remember going four score and seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was long about longer than that. 
Wait, no. How how many years is a score? Like forty. <laughs> yeah. No, wait. It's got to be like twenty. I'm trying to think because uh, so yeah, I think it's twenty. Because the the Emancipation Proclamation would have been about eighty, almost ninety years after uh, our independence. My God. Why is this fucking even a statistic? Around 22% of teens report being bullied during the school year. I think it's more than that. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> the, the, the other uh, 78% were listening when the bully said that they'd kick their ass if they said anything. Eighty-one percent of male and eighty-seven percent of female teenagers received formal sex education on how to say no to sex. <laughs> no, dude, that was tough. All right. Oh, come on! Everybody's doing it. To caribou. I remember I actually dated a girl that tried saying that to me, and I said, then go have sex with them. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Man, I'm just like thinking back, remembering how crazy life on the farm was. Like campouts in the barn or out in the uh, back pasture. Well, hell. Not finding a whole lot. Like the, 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 the time I called my uh, uh, stepdad from the party because uh, the party got broken up by the cops. So he went and picked everybody up in the van and like relocated us to the barn. <laughs> My stepdad was a really uh, responsible parent. <laughs> that was some education. Oh, the, the state of United States education staff. What? That's all they give us? How are we getting into education statistics? I don't know. We already know. That, uh, academic performance of homeschooled students. Homeschooled students graduate college at a rate of 66.7%. That's 10% higher than students from public schools. 10%. Well, I mean, like how many, what is the percentage of the population that's being homeschooled? Homeschoolers score 15 to 30% more than students in public schools in the standardized academic achievement exams. Well, what's the what's the percentage difference between homeschoolers and non-homeschoolers? As far as how many kids are homeschooled? Yeah, compared to how many are not. Well, I can say that about not supposedly about nine million Americans said they were they had attended homeschool at some point in their lives. <clears throat> well, the last two years, it's, I'm sure it was more than that. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. But no, I mean, but seriously, even before then, like you could you could say that I mean there's a lot more people 
being sent to public schools than were being homeschooled, well, yeah, right? So then you could make a case for the nuclear family and uh, one person working, right? Because if you're being homeschooled, then odds are only one person is working in the home, right? And the nuclear family right. is together, meaning mom's taking care of the kids and teaching them school or dad staying home, whichever of the two, not that it has to be dad only working because I'm sure there's plenty of families out there that are not. And then most of the other kids that have to go to school, the only reason that they have to go to school is because our nation has made it to where you have to have two people in the household working just to stay afloat even, right? Right. So I think... I could probably get back on board with public education if we get get, get rid of the union, so we could get rid of good uh, bad teachers. Right, exactly, and well, give teachers the, an incentive to want to be better teachers. You get rid of the unions and you give the control back to the states and local governments. Yeah, because yeah, right now union, they, unions were put in place right to keep the companies from treating their employees bad. Yeah, like, but now it's just the unions treating the employees bad. They don't have the employees if back. We can look up if we can look up the statistics for the voting from the this last voting session. From what I understand, the the uh, school, uh, the local school government boards. voted in way more Republicans in the school board. Than oh yeah. Democrats. Yeah, no, and that's uh, that's another part of the red wave that uh, nobody's yeah, paying had, attention to. They had enough oh, oh. with hey, the Democrats. They, uh, uh, a statistic that I saw since our uh, uh, little election coverage that we did. Mm -hmm. um, I was awfully hard on Trump, but didn't realize that he actually, his record in this election it was, was like 100. Damn. Huh? It was pretty damn good. 181 and 8. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, just be... Dude, there was there was a red wave. It's just the people thought that the red wave was going to be in Congress. But in all actuality, what we needed was what happened in New York. Well, no, I mean, what between the House and Senate, 118. Yeah. So we were already expecting the House. The Senate is still up for grabs. We'll know that uh, because I guess... For some reason, we know that Mark Kelly won, but Carrie Lake, they still haven't figured out how to make up her votes. So, <laughs> so we won't we won't know that until Monday or Tuesday. But for some reason, we know uh, that Mark Kelly is the guy in in the Senate now. For some the, reason, the the, the, mar the margins were a lot bigger. Yeah, and and I I mean Kelly is he 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 is kind of like local legend, astronaut, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, I, I, dude, I, there's still some fishy stuff that went on down there, and oh god, yeah. But so, and Trump is already being Trump about it and saying that there was cheating, and you know, I can't say that he's wrong, but uh, yeah, I think people were, I think people overexpected shit. And I think uh, Ben Shapiro, you know, they were just looking for a reason to jump on the hate Trump bandwagon. And, yeah, uh, I still and think so Trump, Trump has a lot of blame. 
in what happened just because he won't shut up and he keeps talking. I don't think that has a lot to do with anything. And like no, Rob was agree. just saying, like Rob was just saying, a lot, a lot of people that he supported won. And it doesn't that I yes, because he threw his support behind a lot of guys that were already in the league. Before so, he stepped in, a lot of the people that he threw his support behind were was already winning. Before he okay, but hold on, the hold problem on. I've had with Trump is the same thing I said from the beginning. He keeps freaking bringing up this whole election denial crap. And yes, you can say everybody at this point knows that he thinks the election was stolen. And I don't think he's the only agree, one that thinks that. And though. a lot of people agree with him. But move on. Say what can we do to fix it instead of just saying things that are never going to happen, like get rid of the election and let's have a new election. It's two years in. Move on. It's in the past. What can we do? Okay, I haven't heard him talking about that in a while. Okay, so yeah, I, think, I think yes, I've heard him several times. The last two Not rallies right. he had, he didn't say anything about that. But anyway, so what I do think, what I do think the Republican Party had a bigger problem of in this election was uh, McConnell like intentionally not supporting Trump candidates. Yes. rather he because he would rather lose than win with Trump candidates. Right. And but to be your, fair, your and no, I agree with you a hundred percent. Brian, your state's a good example because in Alaska, he was backing Murkowski against uh, another Republican. What's her name? Shabaka. Yeah, Shabaka. Who ended up winning? Shabaka. Well, well, I mean, did I, they, know. I guess it's still open. It's not over because they still, nobody has fifty percent yet. Right. So when they're done counting, then they start yeah, counting sure. the second round, right? The Which, bottom line is the, the candidates should have, regardless of whether or not they had Trump, they should have been out there uh, promoting their message regardless. The, the, the Republican, like Mitch McConnell and uh, Kevin McCarthy, they, sh they shouldn't have cut funding from them. They should have funded them, especially the ones that were the candidate they should have been helping fund them and trump should have as well and uh that's they just came up short and the republican and the rnc the republican has the rnc has a lot to be to blame for that and trump can take some of that blame too but the candidate themselves should have also got out there and spoke to the people as much as they could, like Kerry Lake. McConnell wasted what nine million dollars in Alaska because he wanted to defeat a, a Trump-supported uh, candidate. <laughs> threw money behind uh, behind uh, uh, Murkowski, which he should have put in toward Washington or Arizona or somewhere else. Agreed. We can we can all sit here and pass blame on it, or we can take a solace in the fact that we won a lot of, of districts that we should not have won by any means. And we did. Oh, New York. Yeah. New York. I mean, oh, Florida, Dade York. County. You can, good. you can give all of that credit to DeSantis, right? Yeah. Well, and the candidates, they're getting out there and talking about the message. Right. And that's what they did. And the fact is that uh, Florida stood up for families, just like Virginia, just just like uh, Texas. Boy, Texas was fucking big time. I yeah. Mean, so I wasn't going full-throated endorsement on Trump, but his record was still pretty good. 
There was pretty good. And that's where the red wave came just because it didn't happen. Like everybody was expecting it to everything that Ben Shapiro was projecting to happen did not happen. A lot of things Ben Shapiro has gotten wrong. Yeah, but that's kind of elections these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a, you Nobody can't... can figure out what's going to happen. And that's because they keep tinkering around with, because the Democrats keep tinkering around with the rules. Right. Because, yeah, I, I mean, we need to go back to an election day. But anyway, so back to, so back to uh, the structure of our republic that's not a democracy. Like, uh... <laughs> the only thing democratic about it is that we vote. Yes. And and even then it's so the scale of our democracy is so very limited. All we democratically vote for is representatives. Right. And the only exception is local measures, ballot measures, and statewide measures. Right. Like but beyond at the federal level level, there is no democracy. Like the United States of America are supposed to be fifty independent states that are not governed over, but coordinated through a federal republic. Like, and that's, and that's, and that's the issue. And it's kind of Lincoln's fault, actually, like in a way, like in his haste to preserve the union, like, I mean, it's a good thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like we fought, we fought the good fight and preserved the union and ended slavery but like it set the president precedence for an overpowering federal government does that make sense so um and it, it and even in that that's like uh something the democrats can never get that even something well-intended can have negative consequences Right. And even doing the right thing can have negative consequences. Well, yeah, look, I mean, the Democrat Party is still a thing. Yeah, that, that's that's a negative intention and a negative consequence. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is, look at I don't know how they did it, but they fooled people. They fooled people. I have this uh, a, uh, Asian guy. I think he's from, I can't remember where he's from exactly. He's like literally American, but he had no idea that the Democrats were the ones that founded the KKK and he voted for Biden and he's having some buyer's remorse. Yeah. So here's, here's, so here's uh, a funny thing about it though. If you take the uh, youth vote back down to the numbers of even 20 years ago, like go back before Obama. If you go back to that point, like Republicans have like 70 seats in the Senate. The Democrats are getting really good at bribing young people to go to the polls. Right. And that's, and a lot of, a lot, the single women voted overwhelmingly Democrat during this last midterms, which we had a problem with. The Democrats did good because they scared all these single ladies for some reason into you know thinking that they weren't going to have a choice in what they do with their body and i hate when people say that the government shouldn't you know that a woman's not going to have a choice in what she does with her body and she's always going to have a choice unless she's raped 
she's always going to have a choice in what she does with her body. Am I wrong? No. I mean, look at what they're doing with their faces and nipples and clitorises and all that other BS. Which it's another life that we're taking into account here. It's not just... Yeah. I mean, look, there's this woman that I saw on Facebook. It was disgusting. Uh, John Burke posted it. He's all... It posts this picture of this woman who turned her fallopian tubes into a necklace. I'm like, what the literal F? Who does that? Yep. That's, that's disgusting. It's terrible. What do you tell somebody when they ask you what that is? And they're like, oh, that's my fallopian tubes. And they're like, ugh. Why would you that's do the, that? That's Why are the you noticing? That's the physical representation of my mental illness. Exa yeah, exactly. You need to be removed from society. <laughs> God, that would be like Dahmer running around with fucking the penises that he cut off in a necklace, you know? I would say it could be argued that leftism is a mental illness. Yes, it is. So, so Brian's right. They are people. They're just mentally ill. <laughs> yeah, mentally ill and they're, all, and, and they're all members of a cult. I, I wasn't saying that they're, they weren't people. I'm saying that they're people with bad ideas. They think that we're bad people with ideas. So I, I, I think they, I don't think they have ideas. I think they're just. So I think the majority of the leftist voters are uninformed. Case in point, John Fetterman. Case in point, dead guy elected. Case in right. point, Biden elected. Dude, you know how many people are talking about that? That they voted for a dead guy? They elected a dead guy? Like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Uh, dead people rock, too. That's what? literally, like, what people are talking murder? about on all the podcasts I'm watching. They're like, these fucking idiots in Pennsylvania. I'm not surprised Oz didn't fucking get the, <clears throat> get the, win the votes. Like, you got a guy who doesn't look like he, he he's from Pennsylvania and looks like a television star. And then you got a well, guy but, who looks like he just came out of Pittsburgh. Well, and and in all in all fairness, like Oz made it clear that he is an outsider over and over, like including like telling him to go like go do something. I forget what it was, but go do something after the um, before the Pittsburgh game. Before the Pittsburgh game when they weren't playing. Yeah, go grab 10, 10 voters after the Pittsburgh yeah, game go. and go vote. Yeah. And they're like, dude, it's their bye week. Oh my God. Was he murdered? So, anyway. So, uh, on, the, on the original talk about, topic of the structure of our republic, uh, did anybody have any other like side points they want to throw in on that? Nope. No, I mean. There's, like, I mean, that's there's a difference between a like, democracy and what we have as a government. And every democracy is ended in dictatorship. That's the one thing I'll point out. Right. Like every actual democracy ends in dictatorship. But like even like yeah, you look at like Israel and uh England, 
Like, they're looked at as democracies, but their prime minister is not elected by the people. What's that? The ruler of their country is not elected by the people. It's through parliament, right? By the House of Commons. Right. And because none of the parliament, or because there's more parties, none of them have a majority. And so to become the uh, prime minister, you have to get uh, an accumulation, a coalition of different factions to support you. I like that. Well, that's like Jerusalem, too. I mean. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Israel. That's what I'm talking they have, about. They have a, a Muslim party. Which is like, what? Anyway, so, yeah. So we covered all that. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. But if we've covered it all, I mean, that was kind of the point, just to, like, dig into the fact that we're not a democracy. Um, and I'm tired of people, like, saying it because that means we have ignorant people voting that don't understand how our that's my opinion if you don't know how the government works how can you successfully vote for the representatives if you don't even understand how your representative government works right so what are you trying to share the difference between a constitutional republic and a democracy <laughs> the USA has been a constitutional republic since 1789 a, a continual republic is a state in which the head of the state and other officials are representatives of the people and must govern within an ex existing constitution. So public executive, legislative, and judicial powers are separate into distinct branches. This is the this is a difference between a constitutional republic and a democracy. A democracy is run by the people and a republic is run by the laws of the constitution. Computer is being slow. Oh, stupid fucking thing. Exit. Do, 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 do. A constitutional republic is a system of laws to protect citizens and contain government. Tyranny of democracy is not an idle statement like what you were just saying. Democracies end up turning into a tyrannical government. Yep. 51.1% may force its will on 49.9% in a democracy. This is on display in the House of Representatives' current impeachment, which are controlled by a Democrat Democratic majority. The Democratic Party has three blah, blah, blah. I've already gone over all the way down to Elizabeth Warren. It is clear that swearing an oath of office means little to these Seekers of the Democratic presidential nomination, the Constitution, which is the prime law of the land, which they swore an oath to defend, means less. The elimination of the nation's constitutional republic's electoral college would allow 144 counties with half the population to override the will of over 3,000 counties with the balance of the votes. L.A. County has more voters than most Western states. All right. Uh, sorry for our viewers and listeners. I don't know how good I'm going to be able to blend this back together. Um, but we had a little technical difficulty here, so we had to pick it back up. So, um, but we're just getting ready to wrap it up anyway. So, um, 
Brian, you got any uh, final thoughts for us today? Well, the fact is, I'm just I'm sick and tired of people saying the democracy. Uh, and I, I still don't know why we are always trying to build democracies overseas when we don't even have one here. The fact is, we are a constitutional republic. There's a reason we're a constitutional republic. The only democracy in the U.S. is local city governments, and that's it. Anything larger than that, state or federal, is a constitutional republic. And that's why we have our constitution by federal and by state. So we have a set of rules that we have to stick to and follow. And we don't interpret it just because the times change. We read it and that's what the law is. So we do not live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic, period. It's that simple. Hi, Brad, what you got? Well, I mean, I think uh, Brian summed it up pretty damn good, but yeah, we are a constitutional republic. I joined the military to protect and serve the people of the Constitution and to protect the Constitution. I live by the Constitution. I will die by the Constitution. And uh, we need to look and interpret the Constitution as it is written. And uh, we need to quit talking about democracy because we, like Brian said, we don't live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic. And the Democrats keep trying to push democracy to keep people from thinking that we live in a constitutional republic, that our constitution is based and founded on the constitution. So again, stop talking about democracy. Democracy is never anywhere on the ballot. Democracy is never in one of those boxes that you check in the, in the voting process. So forget democracy. Remember... <laughs> Remember the Constitution. The Constitution empowers us, and the Constitution is the reason why we are what we are. Thank you very much. And for me, we've covered the the, the, the form of the government. Here's my problem: we definitely cannot embark this country when we have a representative republic, and even in the representative format. People are too stupid to find out who their candidates are before they vote for them. Be they dead, be they a vegetable, be they a tangerine. Y'all make stupid decisions when you're voting anyways. Um, and for the vegetable, you take your pick, whether I mean Biden or Fetterman. Yeah, you, so, guys, uh, you guys voted in a Sasquatch. <laughs> what? Are, oh, did you say a fat squash? A, a Sasquatch. A Sasquatch. A Sasquatch. <laughs> That's washing a hoodie. So, um, yeah, I think at any given time in our country, 50% of the country is idiots, and they have D's next to their vote. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, we don't want we don't want a democracy. Um, all it takes is 50.1% <laughs> of people to uh, agree for very bad things to happen, and uh, slavery was a good example of that. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, just, I think what the biggest threat to our democracy is uninformed voters, right? Because we don't have a democracy, people don't even realize that, and then when they are voting for the representation, they're not voting for people that are going to actually represent them, because I know damn well all you people that voted D did not vote.
because you think we need more inflation. You did not vote that way because you think we need more crime. You did not vote that way because you don't think illegal immigrants in two years is enough. You guys voted that way because you're not aware of policy. You're not aware of the stances of the politicians. So you're uninformed voters. And until you get in, un, until you get informed, it's too dangerous to have a democracy. And once you are informed, you won't want one. So revelers, thanks again for uh, joining us and listening to us. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, then send it to a friend and tell them to hit the subscribe button and then have them send it to a friend and have them hit the subscribe button. We want you guys subscribing. We want to keep sharing uh, content with you. Um, we all have fun doing this show. That's the main point. But like, as we're watching, like our, our viewership is growing. Like the last week is a third of our all time views. So like, it's absolutely amazing how quick we're growing. Thank you guys. Like keep subscribing, liking, sharing, commenting. What was that, Brad? I was just saying, stop it with telling them our fucking analytics. Give them oh, dude, that's again. awesome. We're accelerating. Yeah, it's awesome, but they don't need to know. That's not what they're turn, tuning in for. I understand. It's great, but they don't care. OTR, RPL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to reach out to us directly, OTR, RVL at yahoo.com. And make sure you check us out on Rumble in case we get our videos uh, uh, pulled off on YouTube. You can always find us on Rumble, Robbie Brown. Um, and then we're also on uh, Spotify and uh, iTunes. If you're not able to watch the whole show, you can just listen to it there. It is an advantage on Rumble is that it will play in the background also. Um, so you can have that running in the background if you're not able to uh, keep an eye on the program. So thanks again, Revelers. Uh, we do this for you guys. We hope you enjoyed the show. Sorry it wasn't as heated as a, as a debate as our uh, election issue, but I uh, thought it was good since we just went through an election to make sure that we uh, cover what kind of government we actually have. Roger that. Also, uh, comment. Dude, and just, just because the comment sections are there doesn't mean you have to comment just on what we're talking about at the time. It would be great, but you can comment. And we will reply to any of your comments. So whether it be Brian, whether it be me, whether it be uh, Rob, we'll all comment. And it also helps with the algorithms, too, to help get our word out there. So, again, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Revelers. You guys have a great night. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brad. Later, guys. Good night. Good night, guys.